This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning. Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis. My name is Anna Ellis. I am here with my co-host, Christy Mullen. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, everyone. We have an awesome show today. I feel like, again, um, every every morning when I show up I in know. the studio <laughs> and I get a little surprised, like, who are we talking to today? And it's always such a joy. But it's an extra joy this week. I feel like you really got in my pocket with the intersection <laughs> of uh, Memphis economic and workforce development and movies, which yes. are two things that I'm keenly interested in. <laughs> um, so our, our first guests are... The uh, founder and CEO of BLP Productions, Jason Farmer, he is the senior founder, but also Carolyn Henry, who's the partner in CFP for the production company. You might have been hearing um, some whispers, um, or not, some shouts, quite frankly, um, about this exciting new project that's in Memphis. Um, It is still very fresh and new. Um, but they've gotten lots of great media. I'm so glad that they got to come and join Same. us. Um, you know, again, I, I made some assumptions like, oh, okay, these are going to be some, some filmmakers and they're not, they are just like incredible entrepreneurs who have a really a, a surprising and fun story. So, yeah. um, and then we paired that interview with our next guest who is Lynn Sittler. She is the film commissioner at the Memphis and Shelby County Film and Television Commission. Lynn has been doing this work for a couple of decades yeah. and has just been slogging it out. Um, her job is really hard, <laughs> which she kind of uh, lets on to. Right. But um, she is responsible for, just like with um, the BLP product, Film Studios, literally bringing productions into our city, into our community that create jobs that have this huge economic impact. So again, it's a really fun conversation, not just about the economics of it all, which is fascinating to us in the, in the, in the line of work that uh, New Memphis is in, but um, people who are supporting artists and bringing artists to our community and making Memphis this intersection of creativity and entrepreneurship. And it just really got me excited at eight o'clock in the morning. So if people are listening like me, I didn't know a film commission was a thing. Um, So I'm super excited for the audience to get to learn along with me this morning. So let's just roll into the episode, Anna. Let's jump in. All right. All right, guys. Welcome, Jason and Carolyn. How are you? Wonderful. I'm doing fine this morning. How are you today? Good. I'm so happy to have you here. I have so so many questions for you guys, so let's just jump into it. Okay. Um, I kind of like to have every episode where we have more than one guest in studio. Just before we start, I would love each of you just to introduce yourself to the listening audience. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Jason Farmer. I'm the founder and CEO of BLP Film Studios. And hello, I'm Carolyn Henry, and I am a partner and CFO of BLP Film Studios. And and we also have present, and not on the mic this morning, uh, Cecilia Barnes, who's a partner in general counsel, to make sure I don't say anything I'm not supposed to. I need a a Cecilia in my corner, too. (laughs) Does she have just a collar on you, or she's like, nope, nope, don't say it, just shocked you. So BLP, for those listening who may not know, what does BLP stand for? BLP. All right, perfect. <laughs> so, actually, um, BLP Film Studios is is an outgrowth. We were initially uh, formed the company as Blacklands Productions. Okay. And we filed it with the state of Tennessee. Um, as the company grew over the last several years, uh, we moved to protect the name and trademark the name, and that was Mr. Celia Barnes uh, undertaking <laughs> that task and leading that. And it came back that there was actually a small company in California huh. that was ah. using Blacklands Productions. However, their name was not trademark protected. 
Okay. Um, and we had the option to either issue a cease and desist for them or we could create a new name. So as opposed to causing chaos for this small mom and pop operation, we decided that we would just change the name. So we just kept the same acronym, BLP. Okay. But it actually means nothing right now. Just BLP. BLP Film Studio. Perfect. <laughs> Make your own acronym. I know. I think that's wonderful for the people to know. So kind of, I know you guys have started this huge thing. Like this is an on-taking. This is an awesome project. So where did the origin kind of spark for this idea? So the the origin is uh, we have a son, uh, Jason Farmer II, who's a film student at Morehouse College in Atlanta. Wow. And about 12 years ago, he started saying he wanted to be a filmmaker. And in, in all honesty, or complete honesty, we tried to dissuade him. <laughs> uh, his mom's a, a career school teacher. Um, I'd worked in uh, government uh, uh, public service sector for more than 25 years. And, you know, we get paid on the 1st and 15th. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, a lot of uncertainty always evolves around the art sector. And, you know, I told him, I said, man, we really need to think this through because I really don't think that's that's a, just a good career path. You know, that's something you do ancillary to having a way to sustain yourself. But, of course, he's 10 years old and he didn't <laughs> quite, that didn't quite register, so he persisted. And just over the years, we tried to uh, expose him to other things, um, to the medical field, to aviation, to the court systems, to the legal system. But he was adamant that he wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah. And he started to make crude sets at the house and <laughs> would video his sister doing stuff. So just really out of desperation, kind of reached out to some friends who were in the industry to try to figure out, like, what was the best career path to put him on? Or even just educationally, you know, like, how do we prepare him to go into the sector? And from that, uh, as we began to ask more and more questions and do more and more research, we started to see that there was actually an opportunity for to create a business model that would help not only him but other creatives uh, in the Memphis area and from around the world who, who could come here to Memphis and take advantage of the ecosystem here in Memphis to build film careers. I, that's like my favorite origin story I've ever heard. That's so great. <laughs> so you created a film studio essentially to support your son and help create you create more of an industry that that welcomes him into it i think that's fascinating yep. so tell me i mean for those and my i would include myself in this um who don't really know what a film studio does what does a film studio do <laughs> so <laughs> since, since we're in memphis i guess one of the 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 uh as we were walking in this morning there was a fedex plane flying overhead okay so if you will imagine blp film studios being fedex okay. to where FedEx receives all these packages from around the world. They come here to Memphis, they get dispersed, and they go about their way. And it's really, it's like this very orchestrated system. BLP Film Studios, much in the same way, will serve as a platform. One of our taglines is Memphis-based global reach. In that, uh, that just clearly defines that while the platform is here, the actual practitioners and the craftspersons will come from not only the local a greater Memphis community, from, but from around the world. They will come here, they will create their craft, and we will put those those pieces back out to the world. Wow. So, talk, Carolyn, tell us what role you play. I mean, I know what your title is, but yeah. what do you do <laughs> at Women Through Friday? Hello. Mm -hmm. So, my role is to make sure that everything that Jason just mentioned, we can make sure that we have the finances, mm -hmm. that we have looked at the best platform, 
and that we launch everything. And when I say that, we're trying to, just like Jason just said, when you look at the current economy that we have here in Memphis, we have never had an industry that's basically film. We're known for music. We have a lot of amazing actors here. So what we're trying to do is look at it from a business model mm -hmm. to say, can we bring this in? Can we build it? If we build it, then people can come in. They can produce their product and their content, and we can release it to the world, which is why, Jason said, the global reach. We want to be that industry and to be located here in Memphis so that we can not only give to the world but also help people in Memphis to give them an opportunity to have a career that they may have to go other places mm -hmm. like LA. A lot of our people have moved to LA. A lot of our people have gone to Atlanta. But because we're looking at it from a business model, this platform, and we're trying to create an economical impact for the city of Memphis while at the same time helping people around the world. So my thing is to make sure we have the money, make sure we have everything, all the T's crossed, all the I's <laughs> dotted. Like, you're, you're the uh, money person and I'm yeah. the money person. The most important person. I think yeah. so. So I you guys so. are really working on that talent retention piece to our city. Like, yes. Like yes. you said, we have the talent so much lives here in Memphis, so yeah. we need something yeah. like this. And so I kind of want to know, you know, you spoke a little bit just then about what makes Memphis the place for uh -huh. something like this, right? Uh -huh. So what has the journey been like turning this whole thing into a reality? Well, it's it's been amazing. Uh, as with anything, when you first get started, there are a lot of pieces right. that you have to figure <laughs> out. And a lot of things, a lot of it is a, um, a learning process. So we already knew that the natural resources are already here. Right. They already exist. We have the artists. We have the music. We have everything. So what we're trying to do is look at this and say, okay, in order for us to build this, we also have to have the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And in order to have the infrastructure, and we'll just go into this, Jason, Jason will probably maybe go more detail yeah. into it, but we have started reaching out to different schools, different institutions, to make sure that we have everything in place because we are not looking to have one or two companies or producers or production, you know, people to come right. here. We want this to be an ongoing thing. He used the example of FedEx. FedEx can't just ship one or two packages. Right. This has got to be an ongoing process. And in order to build it, you got to have the infrastructure in place. So that's our main objective. We have the people, build the infrastructure, but at the same time, we also need to educate people about it. And also, hopefully, a lot of the people that have left and gone out to LA and, and California will come back. So that helps to build the infrastructure as mm -hmm. well. So, Awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. I think you've spoken a little bit about it, you both have, about kind of having the resources here. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's going to take once we get the resources for the rest of the world to see that Memphis is a force to be reckoned with outside of music, but in film as well? Well, I, I think it's going to take us coming together, which the city has been very, very supportive. Uh, every person, I think, even to the community where we will be located, mm -hmm. uh, we actually went out and we spoke with the people there and kind of reassured them this is something that is to complement, to add to yeah. your neighborhood. So the way I look at it is we have to, first of all, build it, 
put the infrastructure in place, and also partner with people that are already in this industry to help to grow it. Because you can't just grow something right. with just one thing. Somebody's got to plant it, then you know, <laughs> water it, and then the sun. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's what I look at BLP as being part of. So awesome. So you guys have talked a little bit about the business side of things and w what is a very welcome economic impact mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, engagement of our local talent. I'm curious from a storytelling perspective, how are you? How is the how is the studio approaching? How you select projects, how you select talent, who you want to work for, mm -hmm. who you want to work with. I'm just curious what that process is like. So again, the, the BLP Film Studios will function as a true studio. It's a platform. Mm -hmm. So when the producing teams or production teams and, and the writers and what have you, they send in information. <clears throat> so we have uh, Tracy Roderick Comfort, who's our VP of content. Um, Tracy is a, a dynamic personality from Memphis, has been to New York, uh, has worked to LA, you know, is very well versed in the, in the, um, in the field. And, you know, it was a, truly a great opportunity to have her join the team. So Tracy filters through those projects that will come here. We will also have a production and distribution uh, uh, division where we partner with legacy companies. So <clears throat> we will do documentaries, we will do love stories, we will do episodic series, uh, we'll have special events, they'll all be broadcast here. So again, much in the same way that you see things that come out of MGM or Sony or Warner Studios where you just have a broad spectrum um, and, and that's really the, the beauty of the business model is that we, while it's Memphis-based uh, and Memphis-driven, it was not limited. So there, there were a culmination of things that happened <clears throat> uh, throughout the industry as well as uh, like some paradigm shifts that were going on across the country. Uh, chief among those is the, the redistribution of the of the population mm -hmm. so that the minority populations are projected to be majority populations by 2030 but with that uh, the film and tv industry have been male white dominated for more than 215 years and and by that when content was made <clears throat> um, there was not necessarily a focus for it to be women-centric or minority-centric or whatever it was because you had literally just white males who were making content that they felt like was important or that they wanted to see and they didn't feel the need to cater to uh, particular demographics. So now what has happened is that as the demographics are shifting and consumers are becoming more savvy and a lot of this is really being driven by the, the streaming platforms, you know, the Netflixes, the Sonys, uh, uh, the Hulus, what happens now is you literally have the, the ability to sit there and you can scroll through and you can say if you want a woman-led projects, you can put that into the mm -hmm. system and it'll pull up women-led projects. <laughs> if you want black male-led projects, you can put that into the search bar and it'll pull those kinds of projects up. But what's happening is none of the legacy production companies or TV stations or uh, broadcast entities, none of them have enough content mm. that's, that's being led by these new categories of, of people that uh, consumers are wanting to watch. So there's created this huge demand across all of these demographics. And so Memphis happens to be the largest uh, majority, minority uh, suburban population in the country. So a lot of things that happen in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion, they happen organically here mm -hmm. because of the community makeup. So when we start to put together the business model, 
that became very important to the production companies and distribution companies because they really have a hard time trying to compile demographics such as this. They can't do this in L.A. or New York uh, because this is not the, the organic makeup of the, popula- of the populations there. So when we talk about infrastructure, those are the kinds of things that we had already working to our advantage. You take that and you, you wrap that around the, the a legacy Memphis entertainment industry, um, you know, around blues, gospel, jazz. Uh, you have all this culture that's in Memphis that's unique to Memphis, and now you have a, create a platform to invite creatives in to even add more to that so that now it becomes not only this, this local um, uh, ecosystem, but it's now international. So this is literally... Uh, being approached from an international standpoint. That's why I like to say the best the best uh, example I can give is FedEx. Those boxes mm-hmm. come from around <laughs> the world, but people just identify that as a FedEx <coughs> brand. And so, you know, in five years from now, we want people to be able to pick up the television and, and turn on a, on a project and just look at it. So that, that's a BLP mm-hmm. project because you know, it has that same feel. Yeah, that's so exciting. And, you know, what, what you described is, is so interesting because th- watching – you know, when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, um, we often talk about it just through the lens of it's the right thing to do, and it is. Um, but now the industry is slowly but coming to the reality that it's also the smart and economically motivating thing to do because we want to hear stories about women, stories about black Americans, story about you know Asian Americans. Like those are important stories to be told, and there's an audience, and you can sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's fascinating to watch. A very smart entrepreneur. I guess, you know, when I was coming into the studio today, I thought, okay, Jason's going to be a filmmaker by trade. <laughs> um, so I, I should have done my homework. So I was like, oh, yeah, he's like an impassioned filmmaker who wants to support right. other filmmakers. And I love that you're seeing it from the, this has, you know, huge financial opportunity for your company, but for Memphis in general. And you're right. We should be leaning into the opportunity for us that we do have a majority minority city. And that is not... That is a feature, not a bug, and we should right. be celebrating that. And I love that it's happening on an international scale because that's exactly what we need to, to take us to really leapfrog Memphis forward in this way. And so you're now ready to join. I was like, Team I'm, I'm on board, right? <laughs> so that I was like, was, I'll talk to legal after the, the show and get my paperwork. <laughs> so really, when we made this, this, uh, this business argument, we did not make it from the impassioned filmmaker argument mm-hmm. or we made this from a business thing. Like if you can come here in Memphis and it costs, it's, it's more cost effective to operate here as opposed to LA, New York, or Atlanta. So again, it was about saving money. So we made this about an economic stimulus and job creations program. So that's how we sold it to the local community, to the local politicians, to the local business community, is don't think of us as being filmmakers because we're not. We're yeah. not <laughs> proclaiming to be business, uh, filmmakers. This is a business opportunity that we need to capitalize on here in the Memphis market. And from an industry standpoint, we made that same argument. Um, There was recently a study where today we're losing, the industry is losing $10.5 billion annually, and that number is growing by not having enough uh, content that meets the DEI concerns. Mm -hmm. So we're saying, look, we can help you capture some of that lost market. There's never been a relationship between... uh, these majority-owned companies and a minority-led company. Mm. And this is a minority-led company. You know, we get that kind of uh, 
skepticism sometimes thinking that this is some kind of front company or that this is a white-owned company and it's like no because that was the beauty of this was this being a minority-owned mm-hmm. company is like that's the selling pitch that we're making so it's been very well received and it's uh it's going to go a long ways in terms of impacting what we do and the the kind of paradigm shift that's going on it's going to allow us to really build long-lasting you know, we're talking decades-long relationships with majority-owned companies that will allow us both allow us to grow uh, organically and allow them to help help them to meet their DEI concerns and put out good quality content. So exciting! I know that the, I guess it was earlier this year. It seems it's been a long year um, that the academy has is starting to phase in some requirements for diversity. Um, that is not just front-of-camera talent. So it's not just the actors. It is those who are you know set designers and writers and all of the production folks and you know to to know that you have this deep pool of talent here that you can draw from you're right it does solve a problem that you know even even those who have the best of intentions um anyway that's so cool sorry i've 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 monopolized the uh the interview christy no you're fine i just wanted to touch on something you actually said earlier carolyn you spoke about the community and how you guys talked to them kind of scouted them but we did not mention for those listening what community are you guys going to be located in and how did that choice happen so it is going to be in the whitehaven area at elvis presley and am i saying it correctly homes Holmes Road. Yes, ma'am. So to give you a landmark, it's next door. It's very close to the Walmart. Okay. So that's the whole, it's Dueling Oats is the closest community to it. Okay. And of course, we not only went around to speak to the uh, residents, we also went around and introduced ourselves to our commercial uh, partners, right. uh, neighborhood mm-hmm. as well. So <laughs> it was really very nice and we really got a chance to, to let them know that this is something that's big and it's coming to their community and we want them to be part of it and to embrace it and the the response were totally amazing so, that's awesome so yeah, is the physical yeah. footprint like st- like studios or so, sound stages so it's on a hundred acres we okay. have a hundred acres wow. which is a lot i never yeah. really thought about <laughs> how large a hundred acres but so we're gonna have a total of 12 sound stages so d- the opportunity to do several films, which goes back to that, the infrastructure. We want to have it where we're mm-hmm. constantly allowing people to come in and create their content. So we'll have that along with editing suites. So once they finish doing whatever they need to do, they can go in and do the editing. We also will have uh, meal shops, which is where they can actually build the sets. Mm-hmm. Like if you've watched television and you see any uh you know, a building or a house or a front, that's because they built that set. So we want to have that convenience also on the site. We want to make it a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be a hotel, a, a event center, and we also plan to have office space there, and there will be a uh, housing. So if you are a producer and you want to keep your team and your mm-hmm. everybody together for that synergy and all of that, you can be there and, and be there together. So. We're just trying to look at everything and then also a lot of the other support things. Uh, We'll have restaurants, we'll have uh, just anything that you can imagine that would support 
something like that. We want it to be like if they're in L.A., they have these things, we want them to have the same. We don't want them to have to change anything because that's part of building this. We want to make sure that they have that convenience. So. Yeah, you're making it, to, if they're coming to Memphis, yeah. they're not losing anything exactly. by making that choice, exactly. right? Exactly. So you guys are really, hearing you both talk, you're thinking about it from like this hugely holistic approach. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's just amazing and yeah. wonderful. And I'm so happy we got to have y'all here today. But yeah. before you leave us, we can't monopolize your whole morning. <laughs> but before y'all go, the people that are listening right now, mm-hmm. uh, one of two things, how can they support the work you're doing? Mm-hmm. And if they are a filmmaker or some kind of film talent, all the people that do the things behind the scenes, mm-hmm. how can they get involved with you guys? We have, um, they can watch the website. We'll be posting announcements there uh, as developments uh, occur. We are, as we've just cleared the uh, Land Use Control Board and the City Council approval process, uh, we're now preparing to uh, do the initial groundwork so we can start uh, actual production work on the facility uh, in early spring of next year. Um, so in terms of the talent, there are a number of entities here that are in the interim, provide training, like Indy Memphis does a number of projects. Um, there's, um, oh goodness, the um, the Cooler, which which is a, a training entity. Uh, the, um, oh goodness, the facility at the huge facility in Midtown, um, Crosstown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a little building I just forgot. Right? <laughs> just a small, the tiny thing. <laughs> so that, in addition to just the, the local uh, university and college system, we've been in contact with the University of Memphis, uh, film and theater department, uh, Southwest Community College, also Lemoyne Owen, uh, and Shelby County Schools. Uh, in addition to them creating curricula that will allow students to, um, they are starting to develop curricula that will allow students to receive training and starting as early as junior and senior year of high school through the community college system and through the university system. So that uh, creators that are in the field, that are practicing, uh, we have a number of of award-winning content creators and creatives that have been working for 20 and 30 years in L.A., uh, the local university system will uh, develop the protocols to certify them as adjunct professors so that they can come back and they can teach. And it will allow the local community to start cross-training to prepare for the studio opening in two and a half years. Uh, we've also had talks with the Black Business Association and with Joanne Massey over at the City of Memphis uh, with, with the, the uh, business incubator there about uh, dollars that local citizens can qualify for to cross-train to new professions. So we'll have more announcements forthcoming soon about that uh, and working in conjunction with those entities also with the Workforce Investment Network. Um, so those are the things that the the in front of and behind the camera counter roles can mm-hmm. start working on. And so we'll have a number of announcements forthcoming on the website and also through the local press um, that will uh, and advise how to get involved with those things. Awesome. What is the website? BLPFilmStudios.com. Perfect. 
Perfect. Guys, you heard it here first. Go to blpfilmstudios.com and learn. Actually, just keep up with all the things they've got going on because it is a lot coming our way. <laughs> and it is just, I'm so excited that we got to share a little bit of y'all's story today. So thank you for sharing your morning with us. Yeah, we're going to have to have you guys come back uh, next year and tell us how things we'll are going. We'll just have you quarterly for updates. Okay. Okay. I, look, okay. I look forward to um, hearing your son's Oscar acceptance speech and talking about BLP in Memphis. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right, thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Thank you guys for having us. All right, well, it was great to have our friends from BLP Productions here in the studio. I love meeting new folks uh, who, are, who have big ideas and doing interesting things in our community. So that was such a treat. And in just a minute, we're going to have Lynn Sittler join us from the Memphis and Shelby County Film and Television Commission. That's a mouthful. Um, so we've got more in store for you. We're going to get back to our conversation about um, Hollywood here in the Bluff City. But before we do that, I wanted to pause for a moment and make sure that everybody listening knows to save the date. Uh, New Memphis is hosting our next annual TEDx Memphis conference. So if you are not familiar, TEDx is... Um, exactly what you imagine when you watch or listen to TED Talks. It is us producing a local version of TED Talks. So we invite speakers from, you know, all corners of our community. So artists, academics, uh, entrepreneurs, creators, um, just people who have big ideas that they want to share. So uh, we invite you to come join us. It's going to be at the Levitt Shell. So we're going to be outdoors. We're working to keep everybody safe. Um, it's going to be October 30th, 2021. Um, so again, we're going to have a full docket of new TED speakers. So these are folks, again, who are going to share short, powerful talks. Um, we're going to have uh, two sessions. So if you have a big appetite for TED Talks, you can come and join us for the full day. We're going to get started around noon. Um, or if you are in the mood to sort of taste, having a mousse-bouche of TED Talk, um, you can come join us for one of the sessions, which is about two hours. So we're going to have one around noon, one that's going to start around 3 p.m. If you go to TEDxMemphis.com, that is the website. You can learn all about the speakers who are going to be announced tomorrow, September 1st. Um, so you're, you can get a, a window into who the 2021 slate of TED speakers is going to be. Uh, you can pick and choose, again, which uh, session you want to go to, and you can get your tickets. Um, right now, early bird tickets are just $50 for the whole day, which is quite a bargain. Um, so it, again, it is a big fun day. Um, it's a day where we hope we're sparking some conversation. We invite everybody who's present, including the speakers, to um, exchange ideas and, again, have dialogue about some of, some of these ideas that, you know, all of our TED Talks are produced from local speakers. Um, and most of the time, the ideas that they are bringing to the TED stage have, you know, a, a particular relevance to our Memphis community, something that's really important, acutely important to um, to our community, but usually there are big ideas that, um, you know, just supersede a local or regional audience. So all of these talks get um, professionally filmed and edited, and then we throw them up to the big TED organization, and you can go to TED.com and watch every TED Talk that's been produced in Memphis. So if you don't get to catch us on October 30th, you can always watch those videos later. And if you're just you know, sitting at your computer at your workday thinking, uh, you know, I need a little bit of a mental break, a little bit of a recharge, go to TEDxMemphis.com. You can uh, browse all of the past speakers, and I will tell you, we've had some 
real superstars from the Memphis community and beyond uh, who shared uh, their ideas. So go to there. You can watch all of those past TED Talks. We've got five years of TED Talks banked, so almost 100 of them. Um, I love when we have an episode of this podcast where we bring past TED speakers on to come revisit their talk, um, kind of retread that idea and then again kind of give us an update and share so it's been a it's been a fun well for us to go back in mind so again go to tedxmemphis.com this year's conference is october 30th we're going to be at the levitt shell i hope to see you there and then one more plug before we get back on into our episode with our next guest if you are a college student or you know a college student maybe you've got a college student in your home a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew, a friend, um, perhaps a past intern who used to be at your company, make sure that those college students get involved in New Memphis, specifically with our Launch Campus to Career program. This is a calendar of free events. Um, Each of these events is intended to, one, connect that student with the Memphis community, help them explore our city, find what makes Memphis special for them. Um, But also, every event is intended to help them build their professional network and their professional skills so that they can immediately transition from college to career here in our city. Um, They're going to meet truly an incredible diversity of local leaders, business people who uh, are happy to donate their time to come connect with students to teach to tell them a little bit about their career paths their companies it is an awesome foot in the door for students um, it is truly uh, a way to kind of build that mental rolodex um, so i encourage you again if you're a college student out there listening or if you know a college student you can go to newmemphis.org where uh, you can go to everything that we do, um, but you can also go directly to newmemphislaunch.org, um, and that is where students can sign up. Again, each of these events are free and open to any college student. You can be, um, you know, uh, 18 years old, just graduated from high school in the spring and rolling into college. You can be a senior. You can be a recent graduate. So maybe you graduated from college in, the, in May, and now you're kind of looking to make some of those professional connections and get your Get your jump start on a Memphis career. Um, we've got all of the best companies in the city from every sector participating. So whether you're interested in um, everything from business and finance to logistics and um, you know and literally everything in between, we've had um, features on uh, real estate and creative fields, communications. So really, wherever you are interested in working, whatever field you are interested in exploring, this is an awesome way to learn a little bit about some of these career paths, get some inside knowledge from business leaders who work in those companies who've been down those paths and can give you, I think, some really fresh insights on what it's like to try and get a job today in 2021. And I'll tell you, um, you know, especially given um, the last year and a half of uh, pandemic times, I know that students have been really challenged to find internships. A lot of companies canceled their internships. So this is a really important way for students to make up for lost time. Um, So again, go to newmemphislaunch.org, get everybody signed up, and we hope to see you at an event this fall. Welcome, Wynn. How are you? Oh, hi. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. It's a beautiful morning today, right? It is. It is. <laughs> All right. So first off, I want to level set a little bit because for those listening, I just feel like it's a basic question, but something that we need to answer. What is a film commissioner? Yes, it's amazing because after all these years, uh, a lot of people don't know what the Film Commission is or what it does. And it's because we're primarily a behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and our clients have all the spotlight 
control the publicity and right. we'll have people say, well, no, you should be you should be calling the TV stations. This is a great project. And I'll say, no, it's a good way to lose a client. And uh, lots of times they do not want any publicity until they're ready for the TV episode to air. Oh, wow. And uh, certainly uh, until the movie is ready to be to be released then they want all they can get but no 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 and no reporters on the set they are escorted (laughs) off and that's something you know we have a turnover in reporters every few years and I have to always send out an email to the newsroom saying they don't you're not allowed on the set they have leased this even though they're in the in court square they've leased that for the filming, and they can escort you it's off. Funny. And so, it's Lynn, I, I we, right before we started recording, Lynn was like, "How do I know you?" And I was like, "I don't know, but I feel like we've met." And I, now I remember because <laughs> back in the day, I used to work for the Commercial Appeal, like I, in my previous life as a journalist. And I think, I think I was, I think I was chastised by you once, like you can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh no, she was one of the ones escorted off the set. Yeah. So it's not only a low-profile job in a lot of ways; it's also sometimes not a very popular job. <laughs> when you're with the clients but the media the media is at the point where they understand it they know when I can tell them something I will and I always try to be fair of course to all the different I was just a wide-eyed you know 25 year old being like look at this and And it's like I'm gonna go adventure onto this movie set just don't mind me (laughs) so uh, Lynn how did you get your start in this line of work well I was in television for years and uh, worked at at channel 10 I was just talking to someone with your organization with the last name of Tickle uh-huh. and I said I interviewed one of your relatives years and years ago when oh, I was wow. at Channel 10 and then from Channel 10 I went to uh, Channel 5 and from Channel 5 I went to Channel 13 <laughs> and I was uh, always a segment producer writer interviewer on camera and then the big job came at Channel 13 uh, where I was the PM Magazine co-host. Okay. And that was on in the early 80s. It was on in maybe 150 cities. Each city had their own co-host. And we had a national reel. It wasn't really syndicated. It was called a national cooperative. And we would um, uh, exchange stories. We'd shoot our own local ins and outs. We were, I guess, one of the first that, to shoot on location because if we had a story about a a gorilla in the Washington Zoo, <laughs> we'd go to our zoo. And uh, we'd shoot all of our ins and outs locally, and there usually was a tie-in, no matter how weak. <laughs> and then we, <laughs> sometimes really weak. Got to make that connection. <laughs> yeah, and my first co-host was Byron Day, who immediately left for the network. Oh. And then um, Joe Elmore, and he, um, the show was canceled after I left, and the ratings uh, fell. And uh, I'm glad Joe's not listening. I hope he's not. And uh, I went to California to be an internationally syndicated TV travel reporter. Huh. And it sounds like a dream job, and it was. It yeah, sounds I was like too, I'm fascinated. Too good to be true, and it was. <laughs> uh, I was laid off after six months oh, because no. they declared Chapter 11. Mm. But I got in a lot of good trips. Wow. That's so I want to go back to the commissioner question because so when you talk about your clients, who are who are these clients? And, I, you know, so it is the Memphis and Shelby County Film and Television Commission, correct? Uh-huh. So what is its relationship to government, if any? And how, like and how is this, you know, an independent enterprise? I'm just from a business perspective. I want to see behind the curtain. The. And by the way, you don't have to be in television to become a film commissioner. Today, more and more lawyers are becoming oh, wow. film commissioners, more and more uh, 
former studio executives are becoming commissioners. There's an association of film commissioners international, hmm. and there some are country film commissioners. It's always tied to government. Filming on location is irretrievably tied to government mm. because of the use of the police, of the deputies, the uh, shooting on public property, mm. the use of drones, um, all of this. Um, and it and that's why government has incentives in different states and different countries. We were doing great in the 90s. We would today be Atlanta if the state of Tennessee had kept up with mm. the state incentive battle because it's the government that incentivizes the state government. And we don't have a state income tax. We're one of, I think, maybe only six mm -hmm. states that don't have a state income tax. So our government, I'm told, cannot afford to have a generous uh, incentive. We do have a new incentive that uh, will be going into effect soon, and it has to do with the a refund of the payroll tax mm -hmm. through a tax credit and the local payroll 50% in Memphis and so we're hoping that brings a lot of a lot of business here plus they'll be exempt from the state sales tax on everything hmm. okay so it's better than what we have right. but it's still not competing with Georgia they've yeah. they've got it on lockdown <laughs> it seems with does it take, just hearing you speak to all of this, does it take a certain amount of drive and persistence to do this kind of work? Yes. Don't I look worn out? <laughs> <laughs> you look lovely. Oh, you're sweet. But uh, yes, especially with this one, because uh, this film commission was formed at the time in reaction to the community feeling left out by the state. And whether that was true or not, I don't know. But... Um, there was a huge drive to get production here. My predecessor, Martha Allen Maxwell, is a historic name in the arts community, but um, they really did not want arts. They wanted economic development, pure economic development. If it was a horrible movie, fine, bring it in, as long mm. as they hire local people and spend money with the local vendors. And uh, so when I came in, that's what... I had worked briefly at the State Film Commission after California and because I decided I wanted to get into film. And then I, after I worked there, I thought, <laughs> I don't want to get into any of this. I'm going back to TV. And then I was recruited to come here for this job. And I thought, I'll come for a year. And I came for 34 years. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Well, I just want to know a little bit. So you spoke about it just then a little bit about projects coming into the city. Mm -hmm. What are a few of the projects you guys have brought in over time? There's a whole lot of projects, but you can think most of them we had a hand in recruiting. Um, some of them like Craig Brewer's Hustle and Flow. Okay. Yes, we helped grease the wheels, but no, Craig recruited that. Okay. Black Snake Moon, Craig recruited. Um, anything by an indigenous filmmaker they brought it to the city, but really and truly all the big ones we recruited. People, well, they would look at the John Grisham movies and mm. they would say, oh, Lynn, that was a gimme. You were the luckiest person <laughs> on earth. I'd say, no, it's not. Do you want to see the file? And uh, they really, we they were going to Chicago hmm. for the firm. And it took everything, including Mayor Harrington, you know, offering deals and, and uh, then the, the executive producer by himself coming back and taking a, a foot scout, by foot scout of downtown Memphis, shooting the buildings in a certain way, mm -hmm. 
because they didn't think Memphis was a big enough city right. that all the goings on, the criminal goings on in the firm could take place without everybody knowing about it. Hmm. That's interesting. So in addition to the financial motivation, which is clear, um, what else is in y'all's quiver as you are, you know, pulling out your arrows of like, come to Memphis, this is what Memphis has to offer? Is it simply the the physical landscape of the city? Is it the talent? Is it the- Back in the 90s, we would match the locations in the scripts to the real-life locations. And back then, before state incentives, we marketed northern Mississippi, eastern Arkansas, and, you know, our area. Anything that was within an, within an hour of downtown, even if it was out of state. But mm-hmm. once the state incentives started, we just started... Um, marketing Tennessee because incentive didn't apply. But back then, it was because of the locations. It was because they loved Memphis. It was because we really made an effort and rolled out the red carpet. And we were just a two-person office. Hmm. But I recruited everybody in local government and, uh, and I mean, we, I mean, they were, everybody was involved. The mayor gave me a person because I have no sense of direction. <laughs> the last thing you want to do Same. is lose a $60 million client on a scout. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was – and the mayors were just so cooperative. Out the city council – I mean, it was really a community effort back then. There were no incentives except what Mayor Harrington could patch together. Mm. And uh, they wanted to come. I've had them call me up and say, do you have a decent incentive now? Because they love Memphis. They love the nightlife. They love the fact that they come here and they're big – Mm-hmm. Big frogs, you know, yeah. <laughs> not like Atlanta and New Orleans where they're ignored because they, um, well, that's what I hear anyway, because there's so many, so much production going on. Yeah. And uh, we do have, we do have some great crew. We have great talent, you know, because of our, even though acting for the camera is so different than acting for TV or, or film, you groom, you can groom uh, stage actors for the camera mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. And... Our music, they love the music. Kevin Kane has always been so cooperative, working hand in hand. I've taken recruitment trips with him and Regina. The best, though, was taking a trip with the governor to L.A. Back in the 90s, we had (laughs) Governor McWhorter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you've been on some adventures, Lynn. More than you'll <laughs> ever know. <laughs> I like. I have sort of an interesting two-part question. You have been, like you said, in this line of work for 30-plus years at this point. You've seen a lot of projects come through, right? What does it feel like, one, when you see those projects just succeed and have all the success? And then the second part of that question, what is it like when something doesn't go according to how you thought it would? You mean we get the project, but it doesn't go? Yeah, like something, you know, it just isn't the success you thought it would be. Like, I'm just curious, like, how that feels as someone who does that work. Like, what does success look and feel like to you? And then also, what does the opposite of that feel and look like to you guys? Like, revisit your darkest moments, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of vulnerable. This is early in the morning. (laughs) Well, um, my darkest moment was when Arkansas... I hate to bring this up after all these years. You women are investigative reporters. (laughs) Uh, My darkest moment, and I was just thrilled it wasn't mentioned when the bridge was closed recently. But now here Big Mouth Lynn is mentioning it on your your radio show. Um, 
my darkest moment was when Arkansas did not notify the local Department of Transportation that we had closed part of the bridge, Hernando de Soto Bridge, for shooting of Coppola's The Rainmaker. Oh, and wow. they cl- and we had the old bridge as the detour bridge, and the DOT locally in Arkansas, I emphasize, sent a construction crew to do repair work on the old bridge and narrowed our detour bridge to one lane, and Oops. the traffic was backed up for four hours. Oh, and it was all it was <laughs> all Arkansas. Funny, yeah. I had all the documents. The commercial appeal the next morning had the pain maker. <laughs> <laughs> Coppola called me on the carpet and the location manager. We said, look, we've got the documents to prove it. It was Arkansas. I wanted to call a press conference, show the documents. And both mayors, Mayor Harrington and Mayor Rout, would not let me. They said, just let it go. We're, yeah. we're men. We're grown men. <laughs> we'll take the heat, Lynn. And they sure did. And do you know people were calling my office the next day to see if I still had a job? And neither mayor ever chastised me because they knew it wasn't my fault, right. A. But B, I mean, you wouldn't. You go back and look. when they. Do, I don't think they've ever digitized the newspapers uh, from that period. But when they do, go back and look. I've got them in a box, but I can't look at it. <laughs> I mean, news stations were renting helicopters to, to wow. hover over the bridge. It was terrible. And um, we, never, we thought we'd never hear the end of it. And, um, and it was just terrible. And I had such, made such a good impression on Coppola right. to that point. Now we're here making you well, relevant. So we'll uh, ask Coppola <laughs> onto the podcast next to yeah. get his side of the yeah, story. Can we change the subject? Yeah. <laughs> say, uh, what's the antithesis of that, though? Like, what is one of your shining gold star moments that you've done in this? When we work? recruited Bluff City Law, because that really took effort, and I went up to Nashville and I tried my best, and I could not get those legislators to uh, vote. Yes, on giving them the incentive money. And I just thought, well, this is it. I have really tried. I've done my best. And um, the chamber lobbyist, mm-hmm. thank you to the chamber. Beverly let me have her lobbyist. And Wendell Moore went with me to a meeting. And finally he sat me down and said, Lynn, you're asking for too much money. Now change it. <laughs> so I called That's NBC University. <laughs> he said, remember, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. <laughs> So it was really, Lynn goes to Washington. Lynn goes to Lynn Nashville. Goes to Washington. <laughs> but um, then, lo and behold, we came. I came back. Session ended. No incentive money for Bluff City Law. Suddenly we get a call from the governor, and the state commission gets a call from the governor. And meanwhile, Reed Dulberger has worked out this fabulous uh, way to give them a tax abatement in Shelby County, which gave a little bit of money. The state added money, and uh, we ended up, they left a, an agency in Nashville, estimated $35 million difference impact on the economy from statewide with the vendors, the hires, the hotel rooms, because that was a big budget. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I mean, I, we're kind of talking around um, the, the importance of this work. It isn't just to bring these productions here. There is a huge economic impact for the community where, again, all people that come here, plus the work for people 
who are already here, who whether they be craftsmen or you know the, the tradespeople that work on some of these productions. I oh, know that yes. Lost City Law in particular, I had a number of friends who are artists and um, uh, costume makers and people who built sets. Um, it was quite a gig. Yes, and and the way that the current state incentive is 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 uh, not the new one, but the current one. It really appeals more to tourism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Kevin Kane has been our partner, and 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 uh, Regina Bearden and. They have totally supported us, and, and it's been good because people will come and they'll say, well, where did Bluff City Absolutely. Law shoot? You know, where did the, of course, where did the firm shoot? Well, there's the tangible economic benefit, but then there is also the brand benefit for the city, both for tourism. You know, we're in the business of talent attraction and retention. So yes. having that, it really does help foster a positive city brand for people who currently live here to say, hey, yeah, we're like, we're a city that is worthy of being, you know, the home for this film, this television show. Yes, and I think yes. and, seeing and, your city reflected on a big or small screen is very exciting. And we, we sponsored this workshop um, a few weeks ago. It was construction and painting of sets, TV film sets. Oh, and, wow. and we um, sent out, um, we more or less posted on social media, and we had answers from people who were not only skilled carpenters, but graduates of the art of college, uh, artists. And and you know it's thriving. We just need we just need the projects. And I'm just really hoping there's a way we can work this, and and we can work with uh, Jason Farmer mm-hmm. at BLP and fill those sound stages up. So but exciting. it's all I hate to say it. It's all going to depend on how this incentive works. Mm. This is so interesting. well. So I'm like, so pick up the phone, listeners, and call <laughs> call your representatives. Uh, no, I I understand it. You know the. Uh, when you look at tax incentives, it can feel like, oh, we're just giving money away left and right. But when you look at it in the longer term, in the bigger picture, it has such, it just creates such opportunity. And the hope is it is it is worth its weight at the end. It um, is. It is. It totally is. And, and a lot of people think back in the early days when people did not understand incentives, and of course, there's still people like that, but they think, oh, they're giving money to Hollywood. No, not giving money mm-hmm. to Hollywood. Not at all. The biggest payroll is always the truck drivers, the uh, carpenters, um, you know, the electricians, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 you know, everyday working people are, are getting the benefit of and the benefits of because of, all those big projects are union mm-hmm. and the benefits of a union job. Well paid. Yeah. Yes. Pensions at hundred dollars a day in benefits is what it's estimated. Wow. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you're looking when you hear things like that that you're talking about, it's really looking at how it affects the whole. Um, so I have to ask before you leave us today, I'm gonna switch up the conversation a little bit. Is there anything new and exciting on the horizon that you can share with us that we should be looking forward to? Well, we have we have nibbles, but as far as, okay. as having things in the pipeline ready to go, I'm the, the state is going to put the yes. new incentive into place. I mean, we always will have, like, we have a project, an exciting project that I just heard about Saturday. Because, uh, you know, you have to be on call seven days a week, and which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, not, uh, she says with a gleam yeah. in her eye. <laughs> but it's an exciting project. I can't talk about it. But right, I figure. It's an exciting project, but it's not going to be here for months and months right. that takes incentives and uh and that should be happening soon so the future though seems exciting yeah and we had 60 projects this last fiscal oh, year wow. 60 projects and so much of what we do is episodic television mm-hmm. 
and uh, and we can't talk about it. They don't want their competitor <laughs> to know they're right. here interviewing so and so or or doing a makeover on this house. Right. You know, they want to wait till it airs. But no, it's it's very exciting. You said you'd been fortunate in your in your yeah. While we were talking before in this. your jobs and and uh, I have been fortunate. I really took this job for a year. I was going to go back into TV, and then it just got really exciting, and I've never stopped. Well, That's we're so glad that you're here doing this work. Well, thank and, you. you know, if there are any uh, big-budget uh, film or television producers out there who are looking for a home, like, you know, give, <laughs> give one a goal. Well, it's good to ha have you in, and if, if we can do anything to help you, just let us know. Absolutely. Thank you Thanks, so Lynn. much for having me on. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Lynn. All right. Well, I hope that this episode of Meanwhile in Memphis has left you inspired to either make a film or television show or go invest in film and television because it sounds like a, a buyer's market right now. You can really get in and, right. and do some great stuff. So thanks to our guest today. Thank you again to Independent Bank. We're thrilled to have them joining us as a sponsor of this podcast, this radio program. We could not do it without you. So thank you, Independent Bank. And while we're talking about the generosity of Independent Bank... <laughs> They also have been the longtime supporters of our big event on 901 Day, September 1st, which happens to be tomorrow. Ooh. If you are not looking at your calendar, tomorrow is Memphis's very own little man-made holiday, uh, 901 Day. And on that day every year, we mark the occasion with an event we call Exposure. Exposure is a little bit different this year, thanks to COVID. Um, so we are going to be outside, right outside of the FedEx Forum. So uh, it's a FedEx for Forum party uh, on the plaza. So again, the plaza is that space. If you were to walk in those big front doors, that big sort of front porch area yeah. of the FedEx Forum, it is going to be just a big citywide celebration, a downtown block party. Come by after work. It is from 5 to 6.30, so really easy to just to roll over for some happy hour fun. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing lots of giveaways. You can enter to win prizes that include hotel stays, uh, which has been furnished by the Downtown Memphis Commission, tickets to the Lion King. Wow. Right. right. I'm like, I'm learning this for the first time <laughs> as I'm reading it on the season paper. Um, I'm like, nobody offered me some Lion King <laughs> um, WYXR, our lovely host radio station, will be on site with a stage. Uh, we've got DJ Spanish Fly and lots of local orgs. So organizations that represent all of the ways that you can get plugged in and just live your best life here in Memphis. Again, it's a little bit different from years past. So if you've come before, you know that we had thousands of people indoors mm -hmm. meeting hundreds of organizations. We're not doing that because we don't want you to get sick. Uh, show up, wear a mask, be safe. But we will be outside. It's going to be a blast. Music, fun, giveaways. What am I forgetting, Christine? I think you're forgetting. We have to say a special thank you to all the people who are making this possible. Why? Yes, we do. Yes. Because we. <laughs> I'm really not exaggerating when I say we couldn't. We wouldn't do it without them. No. Uh, we have some amazing sponsors this year, including again Independent Bank, who is our title sponsor. But we're also so grateful for. Um, the Federal Reserve of uh, Bank of St. Louis, they have uh, continued to, to support the work of yes. Memphis. The Memphis Grizzlies and the FedEx Forum, they give us, they, they are true partners in this work. They've made this possible. The Downtown Memphis Commission has helped us program this. Uh, Levy Restaurants is helping provide uh, some of the food. So nice snacky snacks, guys. Gotta, gotta eat, gotta eat. Um, Service Master by Stratos, our great friends at Service Master by Stratos, are going to clean up after all you pigs <laughs> yeah. when we finish the event. Old Dominic Distillery, again, great friends are going to have some yes. drinks on site. And, of course, WYXR Memphis, 
our incredible partner in this radio program and in many other things. So it's going to be a great day. Christy's going to be there. I'm going to be there because, guys, I'm going to go. I'm going to get a Mimpop. Also, if you're a college student that happens to listen to this or you know a college student, we're going to have our launch team on site doing free headshots as well. So you can come on down for that. Again, snacks, organizations, entertainment, prizes. If you see one of our posters around town, you can also scan that and enter to win. They're popping up at locations everywhere. And if you're following us on social at The New Memphis, you we've been teasing those locations so you can find them. So guys, just come on out. One, I'll be there. Anna will be there. Our whole team will be there. I was like, we're, it's hey, a party. we're required to be there, but we're still going to have fun. <laughs> I would go even if I was not required it to is. be it's, there. It'll be a great night to be out downtown. There's yes. going to be a lot happening downtown in addition to this. So come by from 5 to 6.30. You can roll over to the soccer game. Yes. You can roll over to Choose 901's having a big thing in the, uh, the, in edge. the edge. So it's going to be a fun, like, just be downtown on yeah. September 1st, tomorrow evening. It's going to be a blast. Guys, celebrate your city and just stay tuned, and we'll come back to you next Tuesday with a fresh new episode. Ready to go? Let's do it. Bye, Memphis. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.